Good morning. Such is the nature of life that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear. You are that opportunity, and so am I, and so it is. Whoever you are, whatever your path is that brought you here today, please know that you are welcome and celebrated through our center. We know who you are. You are an individual expression of the divine, which comes through all of us. You are life's opportunity to be someone unique and wonderful. Whatever your ethnicity, your background, your religious affiliation, whatever you know about yourself or describe, however you describe yourself, your pronouns, your uh, gender identities, we are glad that you're here and we celebrate you today. We are a strong, open, globally connected community centered on the clarity of principle through teaching, service, and practice. We create a safe and respectful environment that supports healthy spiritual growth for all of us. For a better understanding of who we are and what we teach, listen to our Declaration of Principles as written by our founder, Ernest Holmes. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love. And creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life. And the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. I'm Lee Huffman, and I am the president of the board of trustees for CSL Midtown and I'm a religious science practitioner. And so a practitioner is someone who has been through uh, significant training and has worked to master the teachings of religious science and the teachings that we are talking about today. And we are here to help you and to help guide and support you and support the center. One of the ways that we support the center, and I'm going to be doing that right now, is through a treatment that is for the whole community. We can also do specific treatments for you, and you can find information on how to contact us on our website at cslmidtown.org. So many of you know that I'm just love inspirational quotes. And our founder, Ernest Holmes, is quoted in many places, and I enjoy reading them. Um, we're actually going to have a live one a little bit later here, but um, most of all, I enjoy reading the, from the book that Ernest Holmes created that's called The Science of Mind Textbook. It's quite a thick book, and uh, it's going to fade out here. 
Um, but it is a fantastic book to read, although it may be easier to read some other books that were written by our Holmes. But here are a couple of quotes that I find inspiring. Ernest Holmes said, I am guided by the same intelligence and inspired by the same imagination that scatters the moonbeams across the waves and holds the forces of nature in its grasp. In another place in the textbook, he says, expectancy speeds progress. Therefore, live in a continuous state of express expectancy. No matter how much good your experience today, expect a greater good tomorrow. Expect to meet new friends. Expect to meet new and wonderful experiences. Try this magic of expectancy and you will soon discover a dramatic side of your work, which will give full vent to a constructive feeling. And the last quote that I'll give right now is, all the power of the universe is within you. Feel it, know it, and then act as though it were true by Ernest Holmes. So what is a treatment, a spiritual mind treatment? It is nothing more than an affirmative prayer. It is a prayer that affirms what we desire and what we know God desires for us, because those are one and the same. God desires for you what you desire for yourself. Spiritual mind treatment, or simply treatment as we shorten it to, is a treatment of the mind of the person who is speaking it. So I can only treat my own mind, but it can be heard by others, which is what we do when we share treatments. And if you wish to treat your own mind, then you can think it, believe it, and let your mind adjust and grow to that. One of the statements that you heard earlier, which is my favorite statement of the principles, is all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. So I'll speak this treatment in my own words for the treatment of my mind. And if you choose, you can accept any part of this treatment as your own. You can think these words for yourself and it will become your treatment. So together through this treatment, we will agree what we know and think upon, and we know that that will manifest. So let's get in a posture, a posture of mindfulness and prayer. You may want to set up and relax your body a bit, open up your arms and legs, and put yourself into a posture of receiving from the universe everything that it has to offer you. Hear this prayer and take any part of it that resonates with you. Think on those thoughts. If there is any part that doesn't resonate with you, just let it go. So know this with me, if you will. There is only one God, one creator, one source, one first cause to all things. God is everything and everywhere because it created everything. Since God is the only thing in the beginning, it had to create it all out of itself. So it pulled from itself to create everything that we see and experience. God is in me, 
God is in all those within the sound of my voice. God is everything that happens in me, through me, around me, to me, because it all happens for me. Since God is love, since God is good, everything is love and everything is good. Since God is sacred and everything was created out of God, everything is sacred. Today, I know that my word is full of blessings. Today, I truly am blessed. Today, I am thankful for all that I have and all that I'm about to receive. Today, I imagine more. Today, I know more is coming into my life for me and greater things are coming every moment. I know that wonderful things are coming to me even if I have not asked for them specifically. I know this because God is a father and God is a mother to me. God, which is love, is a loving and giving father and mother to me. All that I believe, all that I desire, all that I can imagine in my beautiful future is coming to me because I trust God to give it to me. I am blessed with health, peace of mind, confidence, substance, safety, an amazing relationships, prosperity, a healthy mind, wonderful ideas, security, and many, many blessings, which are the gifts of God. I see this clearly in my mind's eye, and it is manifesting as I repeat these words in my mind and my heart daily. I know that nothing can get in the way of the blessings that I desire, because being created out of God, I am God and God creates through me. I know that all my health, security, personal and financial abundance, clarity, support, and other gifts of the Spirit are mine. I do not even need to ask aloud for these things because God knows my needs and has been preparing the way for my needs to be met for everything that I desire to come to me from the moment that I was conceived. I rejoice in all the blessings that I have as well as those that I know are coming to me. I know that everything, everything is unfolding as it should. I rejoice in receiving all that is mine. I release these words into the universe knowing that my thoughts are creative and they will create my personal experience. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for that. I love that. That's just powerful. And um, I am very pleased today to announce our guest speaker, Reverend James Peak, who's coming from the beautiful foothills of Colorado. I love that area. Um, I spent many years out there. My two sons were born there and my daughter lives there now. So it's a beautiful area. And um, I think one of the things that I see with Reverend Peak is that you bring in the, um, the identity that we can come from all different areas of life and uh, your contribution to the centers uh, through the IT work that you do and all the work that you do from us and also being an ordained minister here 
is wonderful. So I want to welcome Reverend James Peak. Good morning. Good morning, CSL Midtown. So wonderful to be with you this morning. It really is. And uh, the talk title this morning, to give you a little, little glimpse, little idea, is The Divine One. And what we're going to do this morning is explore this idea of sacred oneness in both the expected or maybe the common ways that uh, we've heard it talked about or we maybe learned about, but also maybe a few unexpected ideas around oneness. I'd like to start with uh, really setting the, the foundation, if you will, the, to get, make sure we're on the same plate, the same table this morning, the same page. I've got three, th three ideas I just want to start with. And one is just this idea that all is one. Now, we hear it, of course, anytime somebody does a spiritual mind treatment. It's the, the initial part of any affirmative prayer within this teaching is that all is one. And uh, my little caveat to that is the idea that you know, it either all is one or it's not because you can't have part oneness and something that's not oneness. So either it's all life, it's all God, it's all spirit, whatever word we choose to use, or it's not. So I'm going to go with it is. So we're going to we're going to go with that assumption, if you will, even if it's not a deep knowingness yet for you, that all is one. The second idea, the, the second thing we're going to put on the, on the plate this morning is that each of us is a unique expression of spirit. We hear that a lot. And yet there's aspects of our individual and collective human experience that are very common or similar. So while we're very unique, we also have very common things that occur, questions we have, uh, things that may appear in the spiritual journey. So we want to uh, put that in the mix this morning. And last but certainly not least is that the infinite intelligence that life is, by the very nature of who and what we are, must be part of us. Not just within us, not something we can just tap into, but it is must be who we are if all is one. And it doesn't really matter whether we call it the divine, the sacred, or Ernie, which is my affectionate name for Dr. Ernest Holmes. Uh, speaking of which, I've got a, a quick quote I'd like to kind of anchor the talk in this morning with, and it comes from Dr. Holmes. It's uh, published in his book, Love and Law, and it says, there is not a day in my life that goes by that I do not take the time to unify myself in consciousness with big ideas to think that I am one with all activities, all industries, all commerce, et cetera, et cetera, and just feel that through reaching out and encompassing the largest fields of activity of the world. And of course, what Dr. Holmes is really relating here is this idea of becoming, uh, moving into a greater awareness of the sacred. And there's really, I think, two very common or um, methods that folks use to become more aware and move into the sacred. And one, of course, is through this idea of sacred connection. And we can certainly connect easily if we're meditating and we get into a deep meditation, we can feel that sense of connection. Uh, for a lot of folks, myself included, music can really shift things, uh, hiking, doing activities in nature, or just playing. If any of you happen to have any uh, maybe young kids or grandkids, just hanging out with them, of course, is this natural sense of connection to life. And it's really about the idea that we open this connection in our hearts, our mind, and our emotional body. And it really allows us to feel that spirit, to be in relationship with that spirit. A great example of this is the poetry by Rumi and others who they speak of this divine love 
this love, this sense of a relationship with God, with spirit, with the unconditional divine love of life. And when we're really in that place, regardless of our history, that love can be uplifting, can be healing, comes with a general sense of goodness or righteousness, not that I'm right, but the general righteousness of life, that this is the path. And the other way that's common is through our mindset. Because we have this wonderful thing. We have this mind, this, this physical thing called a brain. And it's just an amazing, amazing tool. But through our mindset, we can shift our mental approach to life. And then as that shift occurs, we naturally find that we let go of judgments. We become open to the idea of oneness, the idea that everything is sacred, even the things that we may not like. We recognize that everything is sacred. This technology that's allowing us to come together this morning in this way must be born of that oneness, must be born of that sacredness. And we begin to see the sacred all around us. We can even develop a sense of awe. You may have sat on the beach sometime or, or maybe here in Colorado when the sun rises in the morning and I've got the pine trees and the snow. It's just an amazing scene. And we could easily sense into that sense of awe for God, for life, for all of it, for the amazingness, you know, just our bodies, a human form. It's just simply amazing. And if we can be in this connection, in this mindset, it can truly be a lovely way of moving through life. And it's the goal of many spiritual seekers, seeking that connection, seeking that love, that sense of love, wanting to know God at a deep level, recognizing the divine. But here's the unexpected piece. It's not the whole shebang. For you see both the idea of connecting to the divine and changing our mindset is grounded in the belief, the experience, the dream, if you will, of separation. Well, I'd like to just play with this idea for a few moments because often we talk about wanting to connect to spirit. But the thing is, if there's a me here connecting to spirit, by definition, then I must be separate. But if we go back to that first idea that we set the table with, all is one, how can that be? How could it be that I'm separate and that I need to connect to spirit? So again, it's either all one or it's not. So what could be going on here? What could be at play? And again, I mentioned the, the poetry of Rumi. I love the divine. I love God. I have this sense. So what's going on there? Well, what it is, is just simply our perception. From the time that we were little, most of us, not all of us, but most of us were not brought up with the idea that we are this beautiful, loving, creative, powerful expression of the one life. And so our conditioning, our experience of life, our automatic response is to believe, even if it's unconscious, that there's some level of separation. Even the idea that I'm going to change my mind is separating my mind from that of spirit, that of God, that of life. And so it's really this trap of the I or the me thoughts. 
I or me thoughts, for the most part, equals separation. I am, I want, I like, I don't like. It's putting ourselves outside of God into a box of separateness. Now, this is true unless, of course, you're recognizing that there's no great pronouns with oneness. We just haven't really established great pronouns for talking about oneness. And here's an example. If I maybe get invited to a party by a good friend and I walk into the party and I meet someone for the first time, I'm not going to say, oh, it's so nice to meet me. And yet, that's really what's occurring, right? If there's one, then anybody I meet is simply another reflection of who and what I am. And yet we don't really have great language to discuss that. We talk about experiences, but for there to be an experience, there has to be an experiencer, if you will. So something experiencing the event as opposed to just being part of the event. And for many, this is a wonderful way to live, feeling that connection to spirit, that connection to God, recognizing divinity in and around everything. It can be a very powerful, powerful way. It can serve the world. But ultimately, it's really a spiritualized superego. It's really not living as the one. It's living as a divine self, but a localized self as opposed to just living as the one. And so you might think, well, what's wrong with that? And actually there's nothing wrong with it at all. But the question that comes up, the, the opportunity for us is, is there a deeper thought? Is there something else going on that I might want to explore? I might want to delve into. Now, for some, I, 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 I get it. The daily survival is a challenge and paying our bills and paying our rent and our, or our mortgage, raising our kids, serving our community, whatever form that may take. For a lot, that, that's a major challenge. But if there's that spark, if there's that question, if there's that desire for truth, this idea of going deeper into oneness is an opportunity for us to maybe shift some things in our life to move into even a greater, more peaceful, more calm way of living. So if we return to this idea of divine connection and the divine mindset, coming from this oneness, this idea of all is one, and that ultimately any perception that there's a me is simply a conditioned response. As I move into this idea of oneness, the separation would fall away so there's no connection needed. Again, we're not tinker toys that get connected up to spirit. So that idea, that feeling of separation, that belief in separation begins to fall away. Now, it does take courage to begin 
to go down that road, to go down into that, that deeper idea. Because there's this little thing called the ego. Now, when I say, use the word ego, what I'm referring to is that thought or that belief that goes around in our head. But there's an entity, if you will. But there's a me in there that tends to be afraid, wants to control things, is very concerned with itself. But as that voice quiets down, as that voice begins to have less control and less power in our lives, what begins to emerge is a different sense about life. There's a quietness, there's a peace, there's a divine intelligence which again was one of those ideas that we set the table with, that there's this divine intelligence within us that can emerge and begin to actually guide our lives. And again, it's not a separate thing. It's, it's not like spirits out front and I'm just back here for the ride. No, it's really living life as that spiritual expression, as that divine incarnation that we are. You know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, I'm only human. Like it's some kind of, you know, insignificant, less than type of thing. But I say it's an amazing thing to be human. We are spirit incarnated. We have these amazing forms, these bodies we get to utilize and move through this physical realm, if you will. And yet we have the power whether it's through treatment, through intention, through following the spiritual inner guidance, to totally shift our life experience. We are not bound by the past. Precedent is not bound by principle. Is a phrase Dr. Holmes would use, meaning the past and what occurred. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. Principle is not bound by precedent, meaning the past has no control over truth, regardless of what your experience may have been in the past or even may be going through now. But there's a truth, a deeper truth within that can emerge and totally shift life. But it does require that we shift our perspective and we kind of look at things slightly differently, which does take a lot of courage. Because again, that ego is going to feed the fear and say, oh, you don't want to go down that road. Who do you think you are? What, you're going to be enlightened? But the truth of it is that enlightenment, awakening, it's really not some big spiritual event. And I'll get to that in a moment. I've got some examples of when you most likely have experienced oneness, whether you realized it or not. So all of this may sound great. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna shift. I'm gonna to let my ego, my fears are gonna start to subside. I'm gonna be walking as spirit rather than just in a relationship with the spirit. Instead of showing up as loving, I'm just gonna be love in the world. But is it relatively is it really practical in this in this day and age? I mean, sure, we could go off and live in an ashram or a monastery where our whole daily task is to meditate, sweep the floor, and eat three meals a day. 
probably a lot easier to just anchor in oneness in that environment. But with the day-to-day -day environment we have and the outpicturing the demonstrations going on in the world, it could be a little more challenging. But I've got three steps that I want to relate now, here and now, to begin to dissolve, that you can use to begin to dissolve the perception. And that's all it is. It's a perception that we're based in our own little world. And the first is to cultivate the quiet calm. Now, if you've meditated at all, if you're a regular meditator, you most likely have experienced that unique calmness or sweetness of a deep meditation when everything has fallen away. And that's the calm that I'm referring to. And one of the ways that we can cultivate it is when we do meditate is we need to let go of any expectations, any goals, any ideas of what meditation means. Just allow ourselves to be present in the meditation and to be the meditation. Whatever shows up, shows up. If, if the chatter brings, it's going, 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 and it just won't be quiet through the whole meditation, then that's just, that's what, that's what came up. That's what it was during this meditation, and it's okay. When we have a meditation goal, I am going to da-da-da-da. Again, I have now anchored myself in this idea that I am doing this to get that. And the deeper truth, which can come through what I like to call the silent whispers between the thoughts, what Deepak Chopra referred to as the gap. But that deeper truth can come through and one of those deeper truths is whatever it is we may be seeking, again, unconditional love, peace, God, whatever it may be, must be who we are if all is one. And so the seeker is an aspect of that ego that's seeking love. I want love. But it's really hard to get something when you're trapped in that separateness, when we allow that quiet calm, we begin to naturally sense and have that felt experience of being the love that we seek. The second way that we can really start to make this shift is to recognize and be aware that any shifts or perceptions are states not stages. Now, this may sound a little technical, so hang in there with me. So a stage would be, well, I'm a preteen, I'm a teenager, and then I'm a young adult. Those are stages. A young adult doesn't go back to being a preteen. Now, maybe acting out emotionally they might, but they're not going to suddenly become smaller, no less than they did they do as an adult and go back to being a teen. Those are stages. Their state is I could be in a state of feeling like a victim, for example. I could be in the state of feeling very strong and powerful. I'm going to make changes in my life. I'm going to use this power for good in the world. We could be in a state of I'm allowing God to flow through me. Or we could be in a state of I'm showing up as the presence, as love, 
as peace. But those are different states. It's not this idea that, oh, suddenly I'm, I'm aware of oneness, I'm living as the one, and I'll never, ever give a one-fingered salute to somebody on the freeway. I would never do that. Or I would never get frustrated in line at the grocery store because they don't have enough checkout people. Or get upset at some retailers that decides that we should check out ourselves. They don't even allow checkout. I have to go do it myself. We would never get upset around those things. So this is an example of we can have this situation where we're feeling very spiritual and just like that, something shifts. So that's just a recognition that there's a state that we've shifted in and out of. So in those moments that we have lost ourselves and we're really truly living in oneness, whether we realize it or not, that's just a state that we could easily slide out of. Now, one of the fun examples I like to use for this being in oneness, and people really don't recognize this until often we talk about it or think about it, is a lot of people love to go to the movies. But why do we like to go to the movies? What's that about? Would you ever think about when you're in the movie, are you really that concerned with paying your bills, the problems at work, the relationship that's not working? What am I going to bring to the potluck next week? No, we are engrossed in the movie. We have lost that sense of self. We're just there, present, which is why so many people love to go to the movies because they don't even realize it, but the ego has fallen away. It's just the pureness of who and what they are, being present to something. And we can have that presence and be that present to everything in our lives. We don't need to have to wait to go to the movie to allow that separateness, that egoness to fall away. The third piece, the third thing we can begin to do to cultivate this perception shift, to start to live more as the one, <clears throat> is to be willing to allow what is to be. Now, what am I saying? What am I talking about here? Well, this is grounded in the idea that when we argue with reality, we're going to suffer because life is going to win. Life, life is just going to win. If I'm getting a foot of snow here in Colorado and I'm really upset because it's not 60 degrees and sunny, well, guess what? The snow is going to keep falling down. I'm going to suffer if I continue to have that angst around that. So if I can accept what's occurring, I'm just going to have a more peaceful experience. I may not like it still, but I will definitely have a more peaceful experience. And when I say we don't want to argue with reality, we want to accept what is. I'm not referring to situations of abuse or things like that. But I am referring to our mental construct, our ideas about life, our ideas about, I'll say ourselves, even though a self kind of by definition is separate. But if we can start to accept and be willing to be present with what is, that can start to feed us back into that calmness. We recognize we can't change other people. Now, a lot of us have recognized that, but you may still be out there thinking that you can make that person change so that they'll work for you in your life. It's probably not going to happen. The other piece of this is that when we do have that shift of states, and we get angry or we decide to salute the driver on the freeway. 
we're getting upset in the grocery line or we just make a silly dumb mistake. Let's let ourselves off the hook. It's gonna happen. We have this human experience. We as humans do some really silly things. We can sometimes hurt other people, emotionally, whatever. And it's just, we have to be willing to just let ourselves off the hook. Now we can use words like forgiveness and return to wholeness and make it into this big spiritual thing. But it's really just as simple as, you know what? I wish that had been better. I wish I had done that different and just let it be. And what I'm adding here, what I'm putting on the table, if you will, this morning, is in addition to those first three ideas, is these last three ideas. We want to cultivate the calm, recognize that we're going to move back and forth between states and stages, and we're going to allow what's to be. And if we do that, if you can join me in that type of a walk of life, I think you'll find that your tendency to salute those other drivers might be a little less. Your availability to find patience in the long line at the grocery store might be a little bit higher. And the recognition of who and what you are will be front and center. So my invitation this week is to recognize the sacred in all. And remember, that includes you. So I invite you now to join me in prayer. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, I invite you to do so. You certainly don't have to. <sighs> what I'm present to this morning is possibilities. The possibility that because there is one life, one love, one God, one spirit, that there's infinite possibilities available here in this world, on this planet for humankind. For each and every one that walks this planet, each and every one of us, all those within the sound of my voice now who may watch this later, are of that one spirit. All of the words we use to describe it must be who and what we are. And I know that as we step forward that there is this calm guidance, there is this spiritual voice, there is this call, there is this love, there is this creativity that is available to lead, to guide, to bring forth, to allow manifestation of wonderfulness, of beauty, of peace, of a lightness of walk where life is no longer a burden, where it is recognized as a gift. We recognize that each of us are that gift. But there is no place, there is no thought, there is no idea that can ever remove us, take us out of this one spirit, for we are it. And I know as we move through our days, we can be that light, we can be that shining example of spirit for those who may be in a more challenging situation, may be experiencing suffering that we can bring that hope, that idea that things can be different. So I now have a sense of gratitude that's upswelling, a sense of thanks for that spiritual law 
for that automatic mechanism that is an aspect of spirit that takes the impress of our thoughts and makes it so. I also give thanks for this opportunity to speak these words, to remember more truth of what spirit is, what God is. There's nothing I've said here that changes God in any shape or form for God is divine, whole, complete, infinite intelligence. But we can recognize that truth and recognize that as we recognize that truth, we are that truth. And so in this spirit of thanksgiving and understanding, we simply let this treatment go, let this affirmative prayer be. And we affirm this together by simply saying, and so it is. Namaste. Thank you, Reverend James, for that wonderful talk this morning. Oneness. And now it's time for us to share gifts, to come forward with that circulation in the law of mind. And as we give out into the world, that it see it come back to us in that law. So if you will, you can donate at cslmidtown.org slash donate or scan the QR code. It will take you right there to the donation site. And say with me our affirmation of prosperity. I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And now turn it back over to Lee for some announcements and closing us out. Thank you, Vance. And thank you, Reverend Peak. It was amazing uh, talk today. I, um, just moved by the words that you have and the wisdom that you're sharing with us. So I appreciate all that. Um, just a great service. And so um, thank you team for the logistics of making this come together. I am very pleased um, that we are doing the work that we're doing here through CSL Midtown. And uh, for those of you um, that uh, would like additional activities. There's some amazing things that go on every Tuesday from noon to 1230. It's just a 30-minute jump in, come online for the boost. It's a chance for you to talk with a practitioner, to have a discussion, um, and you can get there by going to the link uh, for Zoom on cslmidtown.org and uh, typing in the password, which is listed there on the screen. So please join us for that. Um, in addition, next week, next Sunday, from 10 to 10.45, online is the study group. And um, I know I've been involved in the study group for many years, and the team that's doing that now is just, it's a great community to come in and dig a bit deeper to um, read and understand some things and communicate in a different level. Um, and also right after this service, you can go to cslmidtown.org. And right now you can go in, log on uh, to the Zoom link using the password and have a chance to talk with uh, Reverend Peak and um, some of us from the center and just have an interactive dialogue about this service. So uh, next week, please join us again right back here online. Um, we will still have the first Sunday of each month. We will have our service um, in Atlanta Live, but you can also come at any time online, any Sunday at 11 o'clock to 12 noon. 
Uh, quick update on the transition team. I sound like a broken record. We're doing great things. It takes time to get through all the things that we're doing, but I'm pleased uh, we're meeting every week, uh, updating each other, looking for ways to improve what we're doing here at the center. And um, I just appreciate everybody that is contributing there and all the hard work that you're all doing. And uh, there are those of us that benefit from it that um, are not included because they don't have time or um, just uh, not ready to do that yet. But we all thank you for all that you do. And um, for those of you who are both on the transition team and off the transition team, all of us that are within the sound of my voice, um, what you can do to help to support is to continue participating with us and continue giving through cslmidtown.org slash donate. Um, and I'd like to challenge you to come on and uh, become a regular contributor. You can do that through that site as well um, and have either a weekly or a monthly contribution come to the center to help support what we're doing here because it is good work. So um, with that, I think that we are all caught up. It's been a wonderful day. And can you please join me in a closing affirmation? I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything that I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding. I am grateful for the spirit that lives through me. And so it is. Thank you. There is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it.